We're people of hope, and this is a day of hope. We're people whose hope is in Jesus Christ and the fact that he was raised from the dead. And today we begin a new series of lessons. It's going to last four weeks, and I'm calling it The Big Questions. And we're thinking about the questions that all people, whether they're Christians or not, really are struggling with. And, of course, there's more than just four, but the four I want us to think about is what's our purpose? What's this all about? And questions like how do I improve the relationships in my life, whether they're family or friends or coworkers, whatever they may be. Or how do I deal with the really difficult moments of life, the time of pain and and grief, the time of challenge? And then what am I going to leave behind? What's my legacy going to be? Big questions. But I want us to answer them in terms of the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. How does the message of Jesus speak into these questions that people all around us are asking? And today the question I want to ask is, what is the meaning of this? What's this all about? What's the purpose of life? How do we live life in such a way that it is filled with meaning rather than feeling like decades go by and it all seems meaningless? How do we do that? And I want us to allow Scripture to speak into that. Now, of course, people find meaning in lots of different places. And if we ask people, we might hear people say things like, I find meaning in my relationship with God. We'll talk about that more. I find meaning in family. We'll talk about that as well. But we see some surprising answers as well. There was a survey done of people living in Alabama. Now, anybody from Alabama here today? Good. Okay, I'm from Georgia, and people in Georgia love to make fun of people in Alabama, so here's my shot, okay? 6.63% of people from Alabama said that they find their meaning in life through sex. Now, that's a little surprising that that would be ultimate meaning. What might be even more surprising is that 6.16% say that the ultimate meaning of life is found in football. Okay, so that's nearly 13, 14%, the other 36% of males, which I'm assuming the women came up with better answers, you know, they would have, that's their meaning. And that's a little surprising and maybe disappointing when we think that that's where people find ultimate meaning. Now, we, we get that in lots of different places, though. Some people might say, I find my real meaning in work. You know, that's where I accomplish something, that's where I I make something or deliver some kind of service. I'm a teacher and that's where I teach people and they're growing and through my work I am accomplishing something that's going to be left there, okay? It's going to be left there when I'm gone. It will matter. Now the problem with that is all work eventually comes to an end, doesn't it? I mean, even in our own lives, we get to a point where we don't want to do that work anymore or because of some physical limitations, we can't do that work anymore. And then we're left with hours and days and and months and years maybe in which we don't know what to do. That purpose is taken away and we have to figure out, okay, what's next? Maybe we find meaning in some really good things like even family. 
I mean, a lot of us, we, we feel like there's purpose in the fact that we're caring for our parents or we're raising our children and, and helping them to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There's meaning and purpose there. But even in family relationships, the dynamics change over the years. Our parents may pass away. Our children begin to grow up and they need us less and less until they're living a life of their own and maybe the nest is suddenly empty and what once was the central purpose of life when our kids were young and every moment was spent trying to meet their needs, all that's gone. And we have to figure out, what am I going to do now that the nest is empty? What am I going to do with life? This one thing that set the purpose is not there in the same way that it used to be. So maybe even family doesn't give us ultimate purpose. A lot of people put their trust in money. I mean, we like the things that money can buy us, and we love the accumulation of wealth because that gives us a sense of security. If something bad happens, we can take care of it because we got the money in the bank to do it. The problem with that is, as lots of people found out over the last 10 years, sometimes markets change and money seemingly sort of disappears. It's just gone. And even if we have it, it might not help us as much as we think. Survey was done 2013, and this was worldwide. And what was striking in this survey was that the people in poorer countries had a great sense of purpose in life, whereas people in more wealthy countries, like our country, had a lower sense of purpose in life. It was just the opposite. Money does not always guarantee meaning and purpose in life. So lots of the things that the world might offer us can leave us wanting more, leave us empty, leave us realizing that there has to be more. And so what do we do with that? Today I want us to turn to Colossians chapter 3 to answer this question, what is the meaning of this? As we come to Colossians 3, Paul makes a real sort of transition and begins talking about something completely different from what he's been talking about. And we see that beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. That's a very general command. He begins by laying this out. He says, since you were raised with Christ, we go, how was I raised with Christ? I haven't died. He's talking about baptism. You know, in baptism, we we go down in the water, and it is like death and burial, and then we're raised up, and that's like resurrection. So on this Easter Sunday morning, we're back to the resurrection, changing everything. And Paul's saying, in baptism, you participate in the resurrection of Jesus. And that changes something about you. The Spirit of God at work in you in that moment changes what's important, changes, at least the way it should be, changes the way that we look at life. And in a very general command, as far-reaching as it gets, Paul says, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is. Change your mindset. Change the way you think and approach life 
Because it seems like all the stuff that's around us is so important. It keeps us busy. It takes our time and our resources. And Paul says, okay, put that on hold and think about things. Devote your heart to things that are all about Jesus. Get a perspective that comes from Jesus. Now what's interesting is, Paul talks for about four verses what it means to set our minds and our hearts on things above. And then he talks for the rest of the chapter about, that, about how that affects all the things of daily life, our relationships and our money. So we might hear this and say, Paul says, set your hearts on things above, so, you know, uh, the way I treat my family, not so important. Or the way I spend my money, doesn't really matter that much. I'm thinking about heavenly things. My work, that doesn't matter either. It's all about the heavenly things. But I think what Paul is really saying here is, if we want the right perspective about the earthly things, if we want to understand the way the world works, we've got to set our hearts on things above. Only then can we begin to see the world the way it really is and understand what this existence is all about. We don't get it until we change our thinking. You know, uh, somebody said this morning, you look so different with your glasses on. I've been wearing glasses since I was in like third grade, but sometimes I wear contacts. Today it's glasses. And, and you know, in the morning I get up, don't have my glasses on, obviously, go take a shower and get dressed and all that. And I do the, all that without my glasses on and I don't even think about it. And then about that time, I put my glasses on, and I think, wow, I can actually see. You know, what's interesting is, I've gone all that time, 20, 30 minutes, getting ready, don't even think about it. If I take my glasses off after that, I feel completely blind. Like, I can't identify any face in the room without these on. It changed, changed everything when I put the glasses on. And that's so true with this. When we're talking about Jesus helping us see the world in a way that we have not seen it before, it is as though Jesus is saying to us here through Paul, you did not see the world for what it was until you knew me. And until you put your mind on me, because then I began to help you see the world how I see the world. And that's a completely different perspective. And you will understand the world in a different way. And then he continues on in verse 3. For you died, again in baptism, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And then listen to these words in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, you hear that? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, will also, you also will appear with him in glory. Our lives have changed. It's not just about family or work or money or leisure or entertainment or football. It's about Jesus. Because Christ is your life. It's everything. We have been invited into a partnership with God through Jesus. We are part of what God is doing. And that changes our purpose. It changes how we have meaning in this life. Now, 
If we want to think about how that works itself out in life, we can sort of skip over, and I'd love for you to read all of Colossians 3, but we don't have time today. I'd love for you to, to skip down to verse 15. 15 through 17, great passage, one of my favorites. Paul says three things, one in each verse. First, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule. The word's sort of like umpire, okay? Let, let that be the decision maker in your life. Let that be the thing that helps you decide what's right and wrong, what's in and out, what you should do. The peace of Christ. The peace that you have with God that you never had before, but only comes from Jesus dying on a cross. And the peace that you have with other people, we're one body, he says, the peace you have with other people that comes from the fact that since you have been forgiven, you can forgive. And that creates peace. Let that rule in your life. Verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. The message of Christ. Not just the stories that we find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the message of Jesus that is in Scripture as a whole and continues to develop through us in His Spirit. Let that dwell in you. Let it be part of you. Let it be part of your daily existence. Now, how do we make that happen? It's really interesting. Paul says you do that as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Through what? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Interesting combination, isn't it? If we want the message of Christ to dwell in us, one of the ways that happens is through worship, through the time we have together. We open His Word, we read it, we speak from it, we pray. And Paul says, especially when we sing together. What we sing matters because it should be the message of Christ becoming part of us as a body. And then verse 17, one of the the most sweeping commands that we find in all of Scripture, and whatever you do, whatever, word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So we're back to purpose. Whatever you do, It should be done in the name of Jesus. And it points to the lesson that I want us to get from this passage, that a life of meaning, a meaningful life, has Jesus at its heart. A meaningful life has Jesus at its heart. Set your mind on things above where Jesus is. Jesus is your life, Paul says. So that's the only way we can find real meaning in our lives, this partnership with God that we have through Jesus Christ, doing everything in his name. So if we want to live this out, what does it look like in our lives, everyday life? I think it means we've got to intentionally look in our lives and say, okay, am I living this life in the name of Jesus or not? And for some of us, it's going to take a few minutes and we're going to think, you know what? There's some stuff that I can't do in Jesus' name because it's sin. It's wrong. There's a relationship that's wrong. The way I do my work is sinful. Whatever it may be, we recognize there's something wrong there that's got to stop. Or it might be 
that we look in our lives and we say, you know what? I'm not doing my work or I'm not leading my family in a way that could be said, this is done in Jesus' name. Because I'm doing my work just to get it done or I'm doing my work to get a, get a paycheck, but I've sort of left Jesus out of it. Or even the way I parent doesn't look like a Christian. It just looks like a basically good person who loves his or her kids. Paul says, do it in Jesus' name. All of it. And so the way we spend our money and do our work and live in a family has got to be done in the name of Jesus. So we have to think about Is this life being done in the name of Jesus? And one of the questions we need to ask is, am I doing anything to serve Jesus Christ, or is it all about me? And I want to give you a couple of opportunities to think about. We're going to come back to this in a few weeks. Over the last several months, the elders have been working on reconstructing our whole ministry team system, the way we do ministry as a church. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to lay that out to you. As soon as this series is over, we'll talk about that. And we'll think about, man, there's going to be some new ministry teams, some groups that are going to come together to do ministry, maybe in ways we haven't done before. There's going to be new opportunities to serve and to lead. And it's my prayer and my hope for our church that there's going to be a lot of people who will say, you know what, I'm ready to step up and do something in Jesus' name in the life of the church. So be thinking about that and be praying about it. And then the second thing is Mission for Taylorville. Some of you have participated in that in the past. It's just a way for us to reach out and help people in their homes or yards do something they can't do for themselves and can't afford to get done. And lots of things are available for people like us who don't know how to do that much, but who can really make a difference for someone who is in real need in our community. So both those things are going to be out there. You're going to hear more about them over the next few weeks. And there's another way to do something in the name of Jesus. Now, I think we have to be intentional about this. It's easy for us to say, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, I need to do some more stuff in Jesus' name. And then we go on and eat Easter dinner and forget about it. I want us to think about a way to to put this in our minds, to help us change that mindset. In your bulletin today, there's a yellow card. We were running low, so I don't have one up here right now, but hopefully you've got one in your bulletin or or you were given one. You can pull it out. There's a couple blanks there. The first one points to this question. Okay, what in my life right now I've made my purpose, my meaning, and it shouldn't be there? And that could be any number of things. Maybe it's something that you're doing that's just, hey, it's wrong. And it's got to go. Or maybe there's, there's something in life that you have elevated above its place. You have made it a God. You're worshiping it. Could be work or money or even family or possibly football. And, and it needs to change. That's not the purpose of life, and you know it. So that's got to find its right place in life. But it can only find its right place if we put our minds on things above. If Jesus is in his place. Okay, so write it there. Don't put your name on this card, okay? Just just write that one thing there. And then there's another blank. And it's talking about what purpose really should be. The, The real purpose of life. And so in that second blank, you could write the name Jesus, but I'd love for you to think 
maybe beyond just that. Although that's, that's entirely appropriate too. Maybe it's the pursuit of Jesus that you haven't been really doing. Maybe it's giving Jesus his place in work and family and in your prayer life and in your worship and in your relationships. And what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to have our worship team come up, and they're going to play quietly for a few minutes. I want to give you an opportunity to think about this a little bit. I'm going to pray, and after that I'm going to have a seat. And as they play, I want you to put something in, in those two blanks. And the day of the cross is up here, and it has been for several weeks, and we're going to give you the opportunity to bring that card. There's a basket up here, here at the foot of the cross. And one of the things that we recognize is it's hard to change our lives. It's hard to change our mindset. And we need the power of God at work. So the purposes that we've created in our lives that are just not enough. And part of what we're saying is, this is not worthy of the life God has given me. We're putting it at the foot of the cross. And your desire to do everything in the name of Jesus, with him as our purpose, we're putting it at the foot of the cross because we know we need help. So I'll pray, I'll have the music going, and you can bring it up and just place it in the basket. And as we do that, we're saying it, I'm giving this to God because I need his help to put my life where it should be. And then after that, the band's going to um, lead us in our invitation today. Maybe you've made the decision that it's time to put your faith in Jesus Christ. We'd invite you to do that. And we want to see you baptized into Christ to make that decision to follow him. Or maybe you're a baptized believer and you want to serve with us. We want to give you an opportunity to let us know that as well. So let me pray. We'll have a few moments of quiet. You can bring your card up, put it in the basket, and then we'll have our invitation in just a few minutes. Let's pray together. God, we come before you and we confess that we haven't gotten purpose and meaning right. We've tried to find it in the wrong places. So we come before you confessing that today, God, and asking that you will help us to get it right. You'll help us to see what it means to be a people who completely submit themselves to you. And so God, as we complete these cards and we give them to you, we surrender our lives to you. We give you back what you've created, and that's us. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.